I, I get the feeling I already know what his arguments are, which we talked about, so. Hello, hello. Oh, wow. We're on. Oh, we're getting there. We're getting on. Yo. <laughs> Let's see you, Kev. Hello. Nice. Okay. We're good. Gonna be. Hello, everyone. This is John Seth, and you're listening to John Seth's World. I'm here with my co-hosts. Sean. And? Kevin. And uh, this is the week of lawsuits, I guess. Everybody's getting sued. Everybody's getting su- Everybody get You get sued. And you get sued. <laughs> I feel like it's like Oprah. Yeah. Craig Wright is uh, he's on the rampage. I've been kind of like surprised by it. I mean, he's not actually suing anybody, right? He hasn't like filed any complaints. I haven't thought. I, I think he just sent letters out. The, the the letters sent out were like uh, like cease and desist letters to a lot of people, right? But then it sounded like a couple people who uh, like he was mostly focusing on Hoddle Knot. Well, he offered and a bounty for Hoddle Knot. He wanted a bounty, uh, yeah. But Tone got one. Peter McCormick got like got like, one. Like, like actual lawsuits. Yeah, from, from yeah. The, like, I like thought letters. it was from somebody else. I think they were T- Tone got one from T Pay and Craig Wright. I think. Or maybe not. Maybe it was just T-Pay. You know what? He didn't talk about the right one, so I guess it's just uh, it might just be T-Pay. You might be right. Uh, so t- uh, McCormick mm-hmm. and a number of other people. <laughs> but like th- he's sending these out. They're very threatening letters. They're basically saying like he's gonna he's gonna sue people mm-hmm. uh, for saying he's not Satoshi, which is interesting. Well, like there's a lot of. Uh I, I mean, what, you, what I think you said one of your points was that like if he's suing people because they're saying he's not Satoshi, but uh, like what what burden of evidence is there in in, in a court? Like like how how does that kind of like come out and, and, well, like, and actually work? Like you look at the way Craig Wright worked. I mean, mm-hmm. all of this time that he did this, uh, when he started out, he said that he wasn't. I mean, he said he was Satoshi. And then he said he you know, decided not to show the world that he was Satoshi and you know, wouldn't prove it. And it seems to me like speculation is completely legitimate. You're allowed to say you don't think he is Satoshi. And I think you're even allowed to comment on it. Like if you would, you know, my, my argument would be Satoshi, whoever the fuck it is, is dead. Like it's an idea. Mm-hmm. Satoshi at this point is an idea. He no longer has anything to do with Bitcoin. He decided to leave and go do his thing. Maybe it, maybe it was right. Maybe it was someone else. It doesn't matter because Satoshi's dead. Now Bitcoin's bigger than him. It's in the way that you write a book, you know, and it becomes a classic or something like that. It just that Bitcoin was an important project. Some anonymous person released it, and now some person who says that he is that anonymous person is suing people for saying that they don't think he is. It just seems absurd to me. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's any chance that that gets uh, that that goes anywhere. But then again, is he doing it in the UK? Like I think he, I would imagine he'd probably sue people in the UK, which is fuckered. 
I think so. Laws. It's definitely ridiculous, and I think Peter McCormick lives in the UK. Like he was like, "Here's my address. Like send me the lawsuit," and he did. <laughs> so it's probably going to be under UK laws. Like because I think when, I keep, when what he, is what is one's obligation? Like if you if you got sued in the UK, would you have to pay money to that person? Would that hold up here? Well, it's different if you live in the UK, right? You're subject to their libel laws and stuff. Mm-hmm. But isn't there something that was passed that, like, uh, Americans have, or at least people outside of the UK have some, like, mitigation about I, I would, that? I, would, I don't know. Like, I would, I'm wondering, if you get sued in the UK, can they come to the U.S. and be like, we're clawing his assets out of his bank account? I thought I saw something that said, because we, because, like, think of just the American media and, like, gossip stuff. That like there were at one point some try, uh, people trying to enforce his libel laws from right. the UK to, yeah. to and then something happened where like it was like that's ridiculous. Like, there's no way we were going to be able to do that because like well that's what I wonder with like GDPR, mm. GDPR in the UK and all these websites in the United States have these little cookie things. Why? When have I ever had to give any fucks about what the UK's laws are? Yeah. And why should I give any fucks today? Yeah. Well, did you hear that? Uh, it was scribbed. In the UK, had to t- uh, they had to take down the Mueller report that they put up due to, due to GDPR or like the, U- or really? the EU laws? Yeah, like like it got, it as, why did someone say that they didn't want their name? I there don't. Or what? I, I don't know, but like that law had enough enforcement capability to get that. Where, where it, it became an issue to t- with the Mueller report that just came out. Like like that was they had to take it down. Yeah, I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know if that's changed, and they're like, well, that's that's not actually like a violation of it, and we can put it back up, but. I mean, I, I don't know. Well, it's, the problem it's, is with GDPR, if you violate it, the, the punishment is insane. I've heard that, but like, how, insane. How, but like, how, it sounds too ridiculous. Oh, it's as ridiculous as it sounds. I, I, I don't remember exactly what it is, but it's something like, I don't know, $25 million a violation or half of your company's revenues, whichever's higher. It's, some, it's something absurd like that. It's, it's, it's incredible. How does. I'd like to see how that actually gets enforced. I don't think it can be. I think that'd be insane. Yeah. Could you imagine, you know, Facebook, an American company, violates it, and then all of a sudden they're like, okay, uh, okay, so you you did 400,000 violations. You owe us $6 trillion. Mm. And, like, send them a little, like, I don't know, invoice for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that would work. I, I can't imagine that you could possibly – what are they going to do? Send the send – the, UK Sheriff of Nottingham or something like that to go collect. I don't know what you could possibly yeah, do. Yeah, they're going to try to extradite Little John you. shows up. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> extradite Zuck to the UK. Yeah. Yeah, they'll be like, I, I just don't, I don't get it. Yeah. It, it seems to me if, if you're a US company, even if you're serving people in the UK, I would think you'd just be like, yeah, yeah well, it's the internet. Yeah. Fuck you. I live in, the, I live in America. Yeah. This is America. America. Like, come over here and... My country will go to war with you if you try to levy fines on me. Yeah. Well, that, well, that's the other thing, too. Is the United States going to, like, give in to some of these if that does happen? That's what I want to know. Is, is It seems to me that there's, like, this loss of sovereignty that's happening where, you know, the U.K. laws, for some reason, people here are respecting them. And at some point, I wonder what's going to happen when someone gets sued in the U.K., loses a, loses a case. And, I mean, I'm sure that that kind of thing happens all the time. I think there are international, like... Uh, treaties and such that that govern how you know those things work. I don't know, but it just seems odd to me that anyone would care at all. Mm. And I would think it'd be. I would think that if someone in the UK tried to sue you, 
your first thing would be like, I don't give a fuck. Go ahead. Do it. Go, yeah. go do it. Try. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, what are they going to do? <laughs> yeah. It's a weird... Uh, it's a weird globalist world. <laughs> the globalists are taking the globalists, over. <laughs> the, the globalists are taking over. <laughs> Lizard people. Um, okay, but what's fun? What's fun about the right thing is that uh, all these exchanges have now decided to delist Satoshi's Visions coin. Yeah, yeah. They're just like fuck it. We'll delist right. it. Which I guess people are saying like that they can. There's no. There's no real. Like, I, I can't imagine why they couldn't. Yeah. Like, there's no legal obligation. I keep hearing people say that it's like censorship, uh, the, like just like the YouTube censorship or anything else, which it isn't. Mm. It ain't. I don't, I don't even see the parallels. It doesn't even make sense to me that that would be... You can, as an exchange, I feel like you can delist or list for any reason you want. These are shit coins. There's a reason they're shit coins. Yeah, most importantly, the size of the upfront check that the coin... Right, that's how you got with. listed in the first place. Yeah, which I don't, th- I don't think B of BSV cut a check to any of the exchanges to get listed. Right. So, you know... They've actually done a favor. Yeah. Maybe they should... Suck CZ's dick a little bit, and then, Mm -hmm. like, you you get your, you know, shit coin on his exchange. Do do you know how we've talked about, like, things companies do? Like, for example, I remember months ago we talked about Disney pulling ads from YouTube. It was like they probably had that in mind to begin with, but it was just the right time to do it. Yeah. Uh, So... BSV has been going through some reorgs, and there's like reports that it's that like, so, I think that he, sounds excellent, very it, fun. It sounds like it might just be a pain in the ass to maintain. Really, and it's like, well, for like no I, money, yeah, it's, well, it's a cost. Yeah, it's not a. It's not. There's no. All, there's these, no other, all these other listings come with a, a boost to your bottom line in terms of a, you know a tra- listing fee or something. Yeah. Right. What is the trade volume on? I mean, did, have I, I haven't seen much on that. I I don't know. It's got to be zero. Yeah. But it's also like like you 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 don't. Like as an exchange, if if you have like these shit forks that aren't really, you don't you don't want you don't want you don't want those forks to keep happening. So you'd, if anything, you'd want to like really fuck one of the forks over and get those people back onto B, uh, Bitcoin Cash because it, then, then there's less of a cost to maintain that shit coin. That's true. If they could get Bitcoin SV to like sort of disappear, yeah, it'd be a big advantage. You think Veer would take them back, like the prodigal son? I don't know, <laughs> Mister Wright. I I love. I saw it today. Someone posted a, a video of Veer. I, a year ago or so, I don't remember what it was, and he is in it just talking about how Craig is super honest. He knows a lot about economics, how he's a wonderful man, and it's just a very stark contrast to where like Veer is today. And it's funny because you'd think that Veer would be able to have some like, you know, ability to maybe look back at himself and say, "Oh, maybe I fucked up with you know this," but no, he's he's only doing it in the direction of Craig Wright, mm-hmm. nothing else. Yeah. He's uh, he's not super introspective. I feel <laughs> he just kind of like charges forward until he's wronged, and then all of a sudden he's on the other side of something. Yeah, yeah. There's no there's no like there's nothing suggesting that he's like you know he's thought about maybe he's been wrong in the past. Well, it's also funny that and it's just, I think people don't realize this. Bitcoin Cash was launched as in in Veer's opinion, I think Satoshi's vision because I think Veer believed right to be Satoshi. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the rhetoric of like BSV, it's the same rhetoric that Veer used to launch Bitcoin Cash. So I, I don't know. I mean, the the whole thing to me is very funny to watch. I mean, we're we're in this small community of people, and the infighting is hilarious. Oh yeah. Well, it's always it's always a lot of fun, and it's 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 especially fun when they're like. It's uh, <laughs> it, like it, it's 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 the Bitcoin Cash people, right? Like, <laughs> 
<laughs> well, it's fun to watch the heretics. Like it's a, it's a it's a different type of fun than like you know laughing at Ethereum, but it's still a lot of fun. It is. I, I at the same time I, I do feel like uh, as Bitcoiners we gotta have an open mind and invite the prodigals back mm-hmm. once their uh, shitty ICOs are done pumping. I. I saw one this this week on Twitter. A guy a, a guy told me that EOS is the most used blockchain. So that's got to be some new rhetoric that's like entering the space. Tidwell mentioned that somebody showed him Tron and how active like these betting people were using yeah. on the Tron blockchain, and that their data set was like like they it was like four hundred gigs so far. Really in space uh, uh, apparently. Gigabytes so, or gigamegs? Gig- gigamegs. <laughs> yeah. It's gigamegs. gigamegs. Oh. Four. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, if you didn't oh, we should, oh man, we should play that. Yeah, that's really Let me let me work funny. on that. You keep talking. Okay. The uh we're going to get a video up and running, but uh yeah, widely used blockchain. I mean, like that's I I doubt that, of course, but even if it's getting used by like people, it's you know, it's uh, is that in comparison to the Bitcoin blockchain? They're saying it's used more, more. Ah, you know, well, that's a good question. If, if, that's if, the claim. If, if you were to say EOS is the most used blockchain in the world, well, what the fuck does most used mean? Like it, we, people are putting the most shit in the trash can because that might be true, and it might be true versus something like Ethereum because now people are, are building DApps on EOS or something. But like the most most used, like that's it's a weird metric. It's right? like what the fuck does that mean? You know, I don't know. It's uh. It's you know you're just kind of seeing some of these chains with their um, with their shit like you know uh, competing with Ethereum. It sounds like it seems like that's well, what he sent me a to. site. He sent me this betting site. He says this is an example, and I look at it and it's a site that's completely disused. There's literally nobody on it. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I guess it's more it's more used in Ethereum. So uh, Ethereum Ethereumites are yeah. There, I, I had a tweet this week to Vitalik. Did you see that? Uh, I think so, yeah. So, so Vitalik wrote this article uh, about censorship, and it was just really stupid. Absolutely very surfacy. Nothing, No thought to it. Mm-hmm. It was talking about our Bitcoin and how it's a public space and how it's super censored. And I just I, I tweeted out, you know, this is really stupid. And he decided to retweet it. So it, it gets a bunch of attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, all of the Vitalik lapdogs show up and start... You know, defending him and telling me, what have you accomplished? You've done nothing with yourself. Like, this is, it's an absurd, absurd set of people to like have a discussion with. They love this guy. Mm-hmm. Love him. What was his uh, article about? It, it was just it censorship. Was something like censorship and free speech. Yeah, it was mainly saying like, you know, uh, Reddit is, this. our Bitcoin is a subreddit of Bitcoin. And, you know, it's it's the public space. And if you don't have access to it then you don't really have access to the Bitcoin discussion forums, and that's disgusting, uh, you know, it, blah, blah, blah. But he, he, the humor for me is that I've been blocked from our Ethereum since before launch, mm. and they won't, they won't reinstate me. So, yeah, I mean, come <laughs> on. Like, if, if our Bitcoin is, in fact, the public space of Bitcoin, then our Ethereum is the public space of ETH, yeah. and they don't seem to give a fuck about people getting banned from that space. So, you know, I think a lot of what I've seen in this is that I see people who are claiming that our Bitcoin or always have been claiming that our Bitcoin is the public space of Bitcoin, but they haven't given it enough thought, realizing that they themselves do a lot of curation in their own subreddits. And and being banned from our Bitcoin means you don't get to discuss, like you don't get to submit stuff. The, The reality of that space is that there's only like 
10 people that ever actually submit things successfully to the front page. I used to do it all the time. I'd get stuff on the front page you know, once a day. Mm-hmm. But when I would look at the names, there were 10 of us doing that. Five don't, to don't you think that argument has lost significant weight in the last couple of years where... Twitter took over? Where, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, so, it's not even worth it's mentioning. Clear, and, and our Bitcoin how, is a How often do you go to our Bitcoin cool. anymore? Never. Because, like, honestly, it's, it's the same stuff I'm going to Why do you think Twitter? we started like, doing Merkel report? Because, right. like, our Bitcoin is a cesspool of libertarian retards. There's yeah. nothing on there but people going, I love gold and Bitcoin's digital gold. Like, okay, good. You'll find good one you. good comment if you read 100 or something, and that might even be too high. It it's used not, to be it's fun not worth debates digging. and stuff, yeah. but yeah. now it's not. It's just, And, and I, I think that, that tells you pretty quickly that given enough platforms, these things can move very quickly. Our, Bitco- our, our Bitcoin is not it's, – it's filled with people that came in, in the giant run-up. Easily less significant than it's ever been. Yeah, right? like probably at a low point in terms of Bitcoin's history. I, I've, I've considered unsubscribing because it fills my my Reddit front page, and I'd rather just see cat memes. Hmm. What's funny is you still have a couple people who, like I I don't like. Does Greg Maxwell still post on our Bitcoin? Because Greg Maxwell will post on Reddit, but he doesn't have a Twitter, for example. So like, there are a couple people who might still be. Like using the Reddit, but otherwise it's they like do, that's they not. Do, it's like what? What's the? It used to be something where I checked and read it every day. Yeah, and I and it's become it, it was the staple source for my info for a long time. Yeah, and then like he said, as Twitter emerged, that took over. Uh, and then when I do check our Bitcoin, which I still I still use it, um, most of the stuff is duplicate stuff of stuff I've already seen. Yeah, so. I haven't checked our Buttcoin in a while. I haven't either. I used, to try, I used to jump in there once every other week or something to yeah. see, see what see what was going on. But again, that 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 was kind of dry for a while too. I didn't. Yeah. You know, the last couple of times I visited that, I didn't see anything. Yeah, great like, like I had in the past. I like the David Gerard guy post there, or he used to, or still does maybe. But uh, it's not George Stolfi. George Stolfi. Jorge Stolfi, whatever his name is. Yeah. Whatever happened to him? Is he still around? It's funny because there's a lot of these figures in Bitcoin that have been like in and out. Yeah. Yeah, he probably is. I don't know. It's a good question. Uh, probably working on a book about why Bitcoin sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got this. Let me let's uh, let's try this. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So this is a video uh, of of Calvin Air, Air. I always say Airs, but Calvin Air talking about the Bitcoin SV blockchain, and he's talking about the advantages that are coming, and he announces that they are going to be increasing block uh, block size, right? Mm-hmm. And he, he was bragging about how much more block size they have they than have all the other chains. Biggest, that, the biggest block size that don't work. Yeah, and, and how and, and how big it's going to going to be so how big. big the blocks. You, are so be you cool. found this right? You I don't know what you were doing to find this, but this was one of the better one of the better uh, mining mining runs that you've ever had. <laughs> it's a daily. It's a daily. It's, like, it's a like daily thing. Fucking, you went into the the content cave and you came out and you'd found you struck gold. Pretty much. Yeah, I didn't really great. know what I found as as I heard it, and then um, just you know, as I'm just listening, I'm like, wait, wait a minute, what did, right. what, what did he just say? Right, it rewound go. it a couple of times. <laughs> In just a few months, we've got a platform that can regularly mine a 128 meg blocks. And if you look at the other platforms, BCH, ABC has uh, their largest block is four and a half megs. Uh, BTC Segwit is uh, 2.5 megs, and Litecoin is 1.5 megs. And 
original Bitcoin, BSV, is regularly doing 128. We think by the middle of the year, it'll be 500 megs and between one and two gigamegs blocked <laughs> by the end of the year. So I, lo I love that the girl just sitting there just stands like, yeah, yeah, gigamegs, one to two. Also, the, the notion, to me, one of the funnier parts of it is, is it seems to me that he's completely unaware of the fact that you can just go and change how many gigamegs a blockchain allows through, mm -hmm. right? You don't, it's, it's, not, it's not that the blockchain suddenly acquires the ability to have between one and two gigamegs. It's not like horsepower. It's not horsepower. You're like it's a, it's like a programming change. Like and, and we believe that uh, that someday we'll have one to two gigamegs. Like wh what are you going to do to make the capacity be one to two gigamegs? Yeah, Calvin, I'm going with that gigamegs. I think that's I think that he did it right. Someone someone did the calculation. They said it was a petabyte. That would be what a gigameg is. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking gigamegs. That's so funny. Well, it's just... It's also, it's also just another, you know... It's just pure ignorance, right? Like, I think that, that it's pretty clear that he has no idea what he's talking about. And I, uh. you know, I, I don't think that that's unusual for Calvin. Why would Calvin have any idea or need to know what this does mm. or is? I think he's probably just listening to Craig. Yeah, probably. And I, I don't think Craig would say gigamegs. Yeah. Well, he, 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 was, he was talking to Greg about it. He can't really comprehend... It doesn't really understand like any of the right. components of this, but just kind of like you know is saying what he he's, he's parroting something. It's he, very clear, he, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I fucking love it. <laughs> it's really funny. <laughs> oh my god, it, 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 Bitcoin's wonderful. I mean, th that was uh, we we ran that as like the the top story because it's just so funny more than anything. But he, he, one between one and two gigamegs. I just I just try to think about like what. What what does he really mean? Because you know what did what did Wright tell him that we probably will have between one and two gigabyte block size, whatever. BSV is unused. Mm. Why would you need that? How could you even prove that you have between one and two gigabyte blocks? And even if you did, like, what, could you imagine a blockchain that grows one gigabyte every single every ten minutes? <laughs> <laughs> would it be? It would like. You yeah, would be. Well, be it would be, be an insane amount. How many terabytes is that, that a year? Yeah. Well, the, all they were really in favor of was changing the limit. I, 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 if it's not getting much use, then those blocks right. aren't being. Remember fully... when Ethereum grew like ten gigabytes in a day, something like that? With someone was putting data in it. Yeah. I mean, it, we all criticize that, but could you imagine a, a one gigabyte block every ten minutes? Yeah. In Bitcoin, it would be unusable. Oh yeah. I mean, like that would that fills up like real fucking quick. It would be amazing. Well, it, it, it'd just be obscene. It would be so funny. Yeah. And I don't even know what he means. Like you're going to have them, or your 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 blockchain has the ability to validate one to two gigameg blocks. I think the narrative. I think the narrative is just, uh, you know, the Bitcoin core people. They love to label it like that. Uh, don't care about Bitcoin as a payment system. Right. And it's just a store of value, so they don't they don't care about cheap transactions. And it's a complete failure to understand that, uh, like the block size, uh, has just as much economic uh, 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 affects the economics of, of Bitcoin just as much as like the the twenty one limit. Like, like right. there's a lot of considerations there, and you have to really think about that in the long run. I mean, not to rehash any of the block size debate, but it's just it's just that 
failure to understand. Well, you got to realize more to this. Well, what's funny is that the block size debate was essentially resolved before the last pump. So we have a whole new set of people here who are in Bitcoin who have no idea that that was ever had. Mm. Yeah, they don't. They don't really. Uh, they don't. They don't know that prehistory before. Before Bitcoin. That's right. Before Bitcoin Cash. Right. They showed up here and they were like, "Oh, Ooh, there's look at there's three bitcoins." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I just how many bitcoins are we got? Bitcoin Cash, Bitcoin Diamond, Bitcoin SV, uh, Bitcoin Private. It goes past thirty. Oh yeah, there's so many, so many bitcoins now. Yeah. Bitcoin Ripple. Yeah, a lot of forks. Yeah. No, uh, but yeah, I. I I'm astounded by the level of ignorance among these guys. And it just seems, you know, to me, I, there's this old interview with Craig Wright where you can watch him. He talks about things that blockchains can be used for. And one of, the, one of his really exciting ideas is using blockchains to track trash hmm. so that we can know if you've littered. <laughs> oh. And if you've littered, we can shame you. <laughs> that sounds great. Have you seen that? Have you seen, like, I, don't, I don't think I have. That's a, that's a really. Uh, the, the, that's a, that's I've <laughs> always wanted to do an interview where I like repeat a lot of it. Like, how long have you been in Bitcoin? And Craig looks at the camera. And goes, well, I've been in Bitcoin for many years. And he's like, uh, when you got it, what was the price? Well, when I got when I got here, Bitcoin didn't have a price. And then kind of looks at the camera and like kind of winks sexily. Not really, but he he uh, he's he's got these ideas about what blockchains do. And it's very interesting to me because I think that sounds like just a terrible idea. Tracking trash on the blockchain, making sure that people don't throw it away. I mean, like, it's insane. But, I mean, like, Satoshi had some weird ideas about blockchain. I don't think that, that precludes, uh, you know, that Satoshi was just, you know, knew, knew everything that these things would do. I think he was very into Namecoin, for example. Mm-hmm. Well, there were, I mean, yeah. I think he praised uh, Ripple. Really? Yeah. Like uh, pre-XRP or because uh, Ripple, Ripple was technically around for some time. Yeah, I think I think that and when like Ripple he, turned their project into a blockchain, uh, I think he said something like it was the only the only idea that looked like you know of, of all these blockchain ideas, it's the only one that looks like it might even have any merit, something like that. I don't remember exactly what the quote was, but he I think he praised Ripple. I don't think it was like an unequivocal sort of uh, a sailing of like how terrible they are or anything like that. I think it was pretty like complimentary to the idea. Mm-hmm. Oh, there are blockchains could be used for that, but you know, in your sense, I think that it's we've seen that this tech is harder than that. It's it's not it's not easy just to you know throw it out. Like everyone is trying to come up with these ideas that'll help with like back of house banking and whatnot, and nothing works. Mm. Nothing gets better because of it. Nothing. Mm. It's shit tech. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's it's not useful for that. That is not that is not the use case it, it's for. I hear more people talk about. They'll ask me about Hyperledger. They'll say it's being used for supply chain, and it's like, well, what what what? The idea is that it, it almost just seems like it's a new way to do a database, and like that's kind of what blockchain is to a lot of these people. Like, it's I not, don't even know I, if it's I, a new way to do a data. What I think is going on is that a lot of companies have never put the work into building like a really simple supply chain database. They've just never thought about it. They've never really put their resources there. So someone comes along and says, like, we have one. It's mm-hmm. plug and play. It's Hyperledger. It's a blockchain. And the blockchain has nothing to do with the, the, like, the quality of its ability to do a supply chain, uh, to do supply chain management. Nothing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably not even a blockchain mm-hmm. of any sort. 
Like IBM holds it, and they yeah, you don't because need, why would it need to be distributed? How does distributed? How does the dis, the distribution of the system help Walmart know where their pork is coming from? Right. Well, they yeah. It's like how how does how does uh how does it prevent the farmer from lying? Right. It, distribution in that sense doesn't matter. It doesn't need to be like this distributed system. It just needs to be like what highly available. Yeah. Well, but then it's just it's just. Better software for supply chain. Yes, like that's that's exactly what you've you've implemented. I mean, was 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 Silicon Valley not doing like targeting those areas? That's what I'm wondering. For disruption think, before blockchain. I think like, maybe what? there was never anybody who built anything for supply chains, and no one really knew they needed to, and they probably didn't, yeah. and they probably don't. Supply chain management's really weird because, frankly, a lot of things. Uh, you know, I, I don't think that most people understand how supply chain management works. Whether it's supply chain management or like inventory or anything like that, it's all the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. There's elements of, you know, supply chain. Uh, you, you're getting you're getting like pork or something like that. It's probably not pork from a specific farmer. You're probably getting some sort of intermingled, commingled meat that's coming. Which actually, commingling is what's responsible. Remember that horse meat horse meat crisis that happened a few years ago, where everyone realized they were eating horse meat. Kind of vaguely familiar, not really, but so they were they were finding like horse meat and a lot of like UK cow meat stuff. Okay, it, through testing, and the reason of the reason that happened is because of commingling, where all of these producers were getting their meat from you know multiple places. They were basically making sure it, it passed quality checks, and then they were selling it on their grocers under one or two labels. Yeah, right. So that's how that's Which makes a lot of sense because you're not because you're going to source the meat from all types of farms and then like so it has package to be commingled it into, exactly yeah yeah it's commodified it's completely commodified you you end up with these like cha- these different places and you know if you're I don't know Oikos yogurt or something like that you're going into these factories yogurt factories and you're probably supplying your Oikos yogurt from fifteen different places mm-hmm. and it's different milk it's different cows. It's different producers. They all have slightly different processes. What you want to do, though, is you want to find stuff that's similar, that, that lives up to your brand, that you're proud to put your name on. But you go, to the, you go to the grocery store and you look at all that yogurt, it probably comes from the same, like, six factories. Mm-hmm. You're probably buying the same stuff, different labels. <clears throat> and that's what happened. Like, everyone was getting their meat from these different places, and, you know, someone was polluting the supply chain with horse meat. No one, they don't, I, don't, I don't know if they know who it was. Mm. All we know is that some of the meat was the wrong kind of meat. <laughs> That's it. I would eat horse. Would you eat a horse? Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm all about that. I would. I would I've heard yeah, it's I'd, delicious. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll try that. I heard it tastes a lot like cow. <laughs> <laughs> you hear a lot of that stuff with tainted supplements in mixed martial arts, where people are taking uh, one supplement that might have been mixed in a batch of I believe that of something that was. Banned on the banned list, and uh, I'm sure a lot of people use it as a excuse for knowingly do steroids. But I think a few people have gotten tested positive for innocently taking a interesting a, another one. It's a big problem. I, I tend to think that this is going to be how Amazon kind of gets kicked in the ass. How so? Amazon intermingles everything. How many? I, I, I'll ask this of you two. I'll bet. I'll bet at least one of you have. But have you ever ordered something from Amazon that came that was not the thing you wanted? That was a counterfeit or used or something like that. No, has happened to me. Really? But I don't. I don't order from Amazon. I ordered a vacuum cleaner. They sent me two, and then they told me just to keep the other one. You've had good experiences with Amazon. That's, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you say like if they're if they're sourcing stuff like a product from a bunch of different people, they 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 commingle it essentially yeah. in the same inventory, and then they're just selling that 
So, I mean, like, the... I've heard from a lot of people that they've gotten counterfeit Yeti bottles and stuff mm. for a while. And that's why, because, you know, they're intermingling. It's, it's actually a really great scam. And you can, you can, uh, you could do this at Amazon. It would actually be very simple. You could run a, a wonderful scam where, let's say, you want uh, a, an expensive pen. You could go into uh, FBA, which is fulfilled by Amazon or Seller Central, and you could you could opt in to commingle pens with these five hundred dollar pens, and you could send them fifty fake pens that maybe look similar for which you paid a dollar fifty four or something like that, and then you could call back your inventory. And they'll send you back any like random commingled stuff. So you'd get maybe twenty five percent or thirty percent of your pens back, and then you'd get the rest of them real five hundred dollar pens. Hmm. I look at that and I think to myself like that that's a fucking problem. But that's you know commingling is is like a huge a, a huge thing there. And I, I don't remember what that's in relation to. What were we talking about? How <laughs> do we get on commingling? Well, we're talking about meat and and blockchain for supply chain. Oh yeah, yeah, but, yeah. But, but so so in other words, because all Amazon can really do is they have to better up their ability to detect fraudulent items. But that's probably expensive and difficult to do because you probably have to like examine the item. Well, they could build a better system for tracking, but they just haven't. Well, uh, an attack on on Amazon like would be to flood their shit with. Fraudulent items. I would I would assert that that's already happened. It's probably art, yeah, yeah. And just find you know you're just pulling what you just set off. I think to... I think China has been like flooding Amazon with fake stuff. I, I saw one the other day. You know those uh, those menstrual cups. Oh, the diva cup. The diva cups. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what you, diva do you know cup about is? this? Oh, oh, I'm gonna let oh. Sean explain it. It's the okay. grossest thing you've ever heard in your so, life ever, ever, ever. It's not that gross. It's so gross. Well, it kind of is. So a diva cup is a great name. Feminine product. That is an alternative. Looks like to, a thimble. It, it looks like um, it, it, it's a it's a rubbery, uh, uh, very like cup type thing, like a th- yeah, like a thimble, and it's usually like a like a rubbery plastic, and it's an alternative to tampons and or pads. So what it does is you girl shoves it up there and it collects the blood. So all you have to do is dump the blood out and then clean it, and then you don't have to use and keep buying like tampon products. And I think it may have been one of those things that was like, this might be a stretch, but it may have come from NASA, like female astronauts need an alternative uh, product <laughs> to use. Probably NASA. Which probably makes a lot of fucking sense. Yeah. Uh, but I have, uh, yeah, I, I know those because I dated a girl that. So, so I saw I saw one of these things. <laughs> they, they came, someone ordered a Diva Cup on Amazon, and it came in all the same packaging, but the Diva Cup she got had all of these weird spelling errors that you wouldn't have noticed unless you looked at it real close. Mm. But everything about it looked exactly the same. Just the spelling errors. Well, huh? And then it's like, well, is the material different? Like, I don't know. It could have been even, exactly the same yes. thing, but it was. It's probably like it, made of lead. It has to be different material. It's probably made of lead. But if you had two of them, you probably have a different time figuring out which ones which. It probably true. Made of lead. Yeah. Oh yeah. One's made of lead. <laughs> oh man, that's um, that's just, that's just insane. <laughs> but but yeah, the, the, there's there's counterfeits all over. You order from Amazon, you get. You get these counterfeits all the time. Yeah, it, it's flooded with them. But anyhow, I mean, my, my, my way, main by, point by, is. By, by the way, uh, I proposed a, a show title called uh, "Mempool Diva Cup." We never use. <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> that was a long time ago. Was it like two years? Yeah. <laughs> That's gross. But yeah, yeah the, the, 
<laughs> the whole thing was that I'm seeing hyperledger and stuff used for supply chain, and I just think to myself, like, well, I guess no one has really done a supply chain thing. It, it doesn't need a blockchain. Yeah. It doesn't need to be a distributed system. You don't need like you're the one putting information in. Amazon needs to track it themselves. Having a blockchain do this doesn't make uh, doesn't make like Chinese vendors unable to send fake stuff in. Right. It, it yeah, doesn't, it they're, doesn't they're, do anything because all they're going to do is they're going to input that data into their into the into the yeah. blockchain. Like there's nothing stopping them from doing that. What if someone tries to censor it though? <laughs> the Diva Cup censorship is strong. <laughs> we can't have this here. Yeah, that's gross. Uh, it's a little too much. Right, <laughs> censor it. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, that, that's the thing. Like, it, there's no. It's the weirdest solution to a very understood problem. It, it's a non-solution, and I don't know mm. what's what, what's going to happen. Are, are we just? Is Walmart kicking the can down the road and pretending like they've solved something? It, like, does it bring extra money in? I can't imagine. That this matters at all to them. Otherwise, they would have built a system for it. Hmm. I feel like the reason they're doing it is because it was cheap and easy, and IBM's like, just plug and play. But it can't be more effective. No, I, I, it, it's executives at companies who, like, were convinced this was a great idea to push, and like some marketing metrics indicated that blockchain was the next thing. So you push that forward, and well, also everyone's saying like it's it's great for supply chain management. Yeah. Which someone pulled out of their ass one day. It's you know it's it just it's supply- just another word chain in them both. Yeah, it's just another one of these use cases that is not useful for a blockchain, and it, it's just not a good. It's just it's not a, it's not a it's not what you can use this technology for. It's and but it's but people still believe it. it, it they still hear it. It's still like a thing. Uh, like like it's always like, well, what blockchain are these companies using for that? And I I'll hear like. You always hear a hyperledger, like that's the one that I remember when the term first came out, and I just assumed that blockchain meant the Bitcoin blockchain, and then I remember hearing the term we're blockchain agnostic and and things like that, and it really threw me for a loop because I didn't think that a private blockchain was interesting, you know, before I even heard yeah. like, the main criticism. You're still you're still right. Like I, I, you know, I, I was watching. Remember the the Fed, not the chairman, but who was the Fed guy that mentioned blockchain? He did that whole thing about how his kids—it's the first time they've been interested in finance. Oh, remember oh, that? Oh, yeah. What's that guy? Yeah, I know. Who, I know what guy you're talking about. The chairman of the SEC, something like that. And I saw him talking about it the other day. Jake, Cl- no. And he was talking about how if we'd had a blockchain during the financial crisis, we could have unwound those assets and known like where they were. I'm just like maybe. But no, that that's you could you could have like a lot of other ways could have you know accomplished that. There could have been a clearinghouse of some sort that like maintained a track of where those assets were and how they were being traded. You don't need a blockchain for that, and the blockchain wouldn't necessarily resolve that issue either. I'm pretty sure they were handled by a clearinghouse. Like, yeah, but they might not have been tracking them as as like closely as they needed to. I mean, the, the thing with, that happened with the financial crisis was unwinding the assets was fucking difficult. But that's not... I, I mean, but, 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 so but, I can, but it was the complexity of, like, what, what those... Where those assets were, like, where the liabilities were, and then just figuring out, like, how to... Like, where that all goes. Well, but the, all, the most all, difficult all thing those about companies it, have that data. Yeah. So, like, you... you like. 
they have access to it. It's just a matter of figuring out. Well, like the, the problem was unwinding it, though. Like, so they had to like go through and figure out who owned what, whose liabilities they were. You know where where your house was held, what bank, because everything was like packaged and sold and packaged and sold and packaged. And I could see like, I can see this under you know the the idea that a blockchain like structure would be very good for tracking that. I understand where he's getting that. That's not even the worst idea for like the use of a blockchain, but. Why not just build a database that approximates that structure that keeps track of that stuff that all the banks hold together? Mm. It's not the, the idea. Fine, we'll call that a blockchain, but it's not that interesting. You could have built that before the financial crisis. Yeah. You know, I, I saw it this week. Some I was talking to a guy again on Twitter, and he said to me, "You know, uh, he's he's you know, he's all about the blockchain, right?" And then I asked him uh, about when he thinks the blockchain was invented. He's like, "Some people say the '60s." So I think that there's just like giant idea now that just you know a blockchain is a database that tracks stuff. Like it's really dumb. Like how is that interesting? Okay, fine. It's We've reduced blockchain to mean that. Okay, fine. I'm I'm with you. So that made it revolutionary then, but today it's just kind of what what is it? It's it's just not interesting. It's, it's just, not interesting. It's, it's nothing it's, nothing new here. It's it's I mean it's about as interesting as. Kubernetes or something, or Docker. It's just like another thing that like companies are doing. Right. It's, well, like, it's, oh, it's, a, like, it's like, oh, I mean, we have uh, the I computer. Mean, the computer's new. If companies want to pay devs more money because they can understand some of the cryptography and like some of the basics of how it works, then great. Like It's in, it's in more areas where devs can... Like, I, I will say that I think we've had a, a weird, like an amazing set of sort of giant leaps in innovations in cryptography as a result of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. I think Bitcoin's a little bit like going to the moon for cryptography. Right, you end up, you know, they come back and like we have space blankets. You're like, we went to the moon for fucking space blankets. They're useful and they actually are pretty useful for things. We didn't, you know, for God knows what reason, we had to go to the moon to invent that shit. Uh, And Bitcoin's kind of that way, where like there's just cryptographic stuff that we've, you know, kind of developed for the purpose of this that has a really neat use. Um, I don't even know if it's necessarily for the purpose of this, but that that are being purposed for this and that are really interesting that that would have like fun applications in banking and in other places you know the Schnorr mm-hmm. signature stuff the range proofs everything else that's kind of been worked on and working being worked into bitcoin i think that's really neat oh yeah i mean it's it's definitely innovative and it's it's definitely uh a, a unique and uh, interesting way of using cryptography. Right. So it has brought innovation in that space. I yeah. mean, it's, 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 even with some of the shit that's come along with it, it's been a great thing for cryptography. Well, I, just, I just like the stuff. idea of, like, like, I don't know, maybe you could have a private coin or something like that, like Facebook coin, and, you know, you could actually have anonymity through and within it where you could be mm-hmm. trading things off, uh, you know, back and forth, like this stable coin, quote unquote. But like even within the bank, you know, you could have these values in your your account. You know, cryptography does a lot of really neat things that allows some privacy, even from the organization maybe holding the data. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. But that's not a blockchain. That's that's cool cryptographic, you know, science, if you will. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like you can you can have a database that is shared. It has transactions that are could be using like a confidential transaction scheme, or like they're they're blinded from one another. Right, and uh, it has no real consensus mechanism other than like you know those people that have access to it. The, 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 the consensus mechanism at banks is the Fed. I yeah, feel like yeah, <laughs> yeah. So every every year they come and audit you, and they they agree whether you're in consensus or not. Um, okay, last thing about Craig Wright real quick. Did you see the email that he submitted in the climbing case? So for those who don't know, Craig Wright is, uh, I think, being sued by the climbing estate. Yeah. For the two-whip two trust. 
And he submitted an email that he claimed he'd submit that he'd made in 2012, and it included a signature in it that couldn't have been signed until 2014, I believe. Is yeah, that, is that right? Yeah, that it had a, a, it had a it had a time signature in it. Yeah, and it was for, it was dated 2014. He was claiming it was evidence from it was sent in 2012. This is what I love about Reddit and stuff because like I I look at that stuff, I look at those numbers. And my mind is just kind of, what the fuck am I looking at? But I feel like a lot of Redditors and a lot of the Bitcoiners and, and crypto, cryptography people in general look at it and actually see something in those numbers, like the, the large hashes. And in this case, they looked at it and they, they were like, oh, look, there's, there's actually a like, time signature proof here. Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we'll, we can, like, you can take that data and you can verify it, like, if, it, like what that actually like, amounts to. Like, that's, that's the thing about, like, uh, what... I'm not sure exactly what the signature of the timestamp was here, but um, I saw a good explanation. But they it, showed where it came from. They showed what it was. It was an Unix timestamp. Oh well, that's yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> that's really easy to verify, you know. Yeah. So it's good that you know people are seeing it and they're doing that. And and and, and he withdrew it too, right? He did because they said that they couldn't verify. Uh, they themselves couldn't verify the date it was actually sent. Which is funny because you think if you have an email, you could be like, "Well, maybe the signature's off, but look at the date that Gmail says we sent it." So I guess it, you know. But what they said in their in their pulling pulling it back was that they just they reject the court's jurisdiction in the case. Even they reject the. So his whole thing is that he's saying the court doesn't have jurisdiction in this case. I think. And okay. so they're just reasserting that again and again and again. Where he's saying that like I don't think the American courts have jurisdiction in this. Mm. You, you were saying too about Craig Wright that part of his goal or his goal might be to get some court jurisdiction to declare him Satoshi. I think that's exactly what's, with all these like lawsuits he's threatening. I think he would like one to go and to provide evidence and to just have a court say, "I look, he's Satoshi." Which I mean, I, I think that people would remember the court case. Like they'd be like, "Oh well, the court says he is." We have a lot of weird trust in our legal system. Mm. And all it has to do is prove. All it has to do is get one court to. We just got to get juries, like a jury to, to like believe he is. Yeah. And then he can point, that, point to that. Yeah. Do you think he's still trying to leverage that to uh, like act like he uh, has access to Satoshi's coins? And like he. I, I mean. Just like some type of financial scam. Did, oh, well, so there was a third guy that came out and said he was part of the Satoshi t- team now. Right. So yeah. you're saying that it was him, Kleiman, and Wright. Okay. Okay. So let's say that Craig Wright actually was on the Satoshi team, mm-hmm. right? I, 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 first of all, would be skeptical of what his actual role was. He, he doesn't seem to have, like, the technical chops to really understand what's going on here. And, you know, who really was the programmer who developed a lot of it, fine. Like, if that were the case, I don't think it matters, to be honest. Mm-mm. Well... I could, we could definitely see a situation where you know he shows up acting like he uh, he's interested in this stuff and he's an expert and uh, he's just the the other parties are like oh this guy wants to be involved like we'll include him and then he's a dick he has no shit he has no value to the project but but he, he knows but he, about but it he now. Knows, but yeah he, but he was kind of there and they're like oh this, this fucking guy you know but uh, like that could be at, I don't at know what his role is that, it, that 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 could that may have been a, that may have happen but right but that is you know 
Well, what's funny to me uh, in real in, in kind of thinking through this, I'm realizing more and more that Satoshi is 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 a concept. You know, there's a sort of like black box concept that we have. We don't know who it is. We have this guy who wanted to be anonymous, so we all gave him his you know respect and privacy. And now all we have are these forum posts by him who, you know, in this case, and if, if this scenario were true, that three people were, you know, posting as him. Mm-hmm. Apparently they all had access to the accounts and such. That seems strange to me. It seems strange to me, too, because of all of sort of the perfectness of, uh, of all the responses. Yeah, it's not like they were sharing like a Twitter handle. They were sharing a personal email and communicating as one person without co- coherency like they, they, were, yeah. they were contradicting themselves occasionally stuff like that it was very it was it was odd oh there are contradictions in there, there, are, writings? there are some like that so that article points out that SourceForge started asking if satoshi was multiple people because he was for something and then a few weeks later they were saying he was against something mm. so i mean i think there have been like i mean it's a lot of stuff it's a big corpus of work like he was around for years he wasn't just like you know here and then suddenly gone like the next day so it's like that cobra twitter handle like that Cobra Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like three people so far, yeah. or something like that, allegedly. Yeah. Is that is that the? Well, I think it, it's change, more than one it changes. It? Yeah, there's definitely. It seems it seems like that to me. But the thing is, if you read Satoshi's stuff, it's all very. It seems you know, as at least cursorily to be all written by one dude or one person, and it's all really it's it's pretty perfect. It's with no it, purpose to have three people sharing the, that the account. Tone, or, the yeah. tone is similar. They rarely make mistakes in the writing. It's very, it's it would be odd to me that you know they're writing with so much care. All you know, three people are doing it. But that's at the same time, it's you know, it's weird to me that three people would would uh, come out and well, two people I guess would come out and make this claim. If, have you read the whole document that like the author who was following Craig Wright put together? So Craig Wright no, had this biographer that was following him for a while to like put put a book together. And the article came out. It's it's pretty long. It's like, I don't know, maybe 8,000 words or something like that. And it's just a story of, like, the days and tells a story of, like, Craig Wright and Kleiman and such. It's pretty good. It's a good read. No, it, mm-hmm. But it, it's just weird because, you know, that's under the awesome. In my, in my world, Craig Wright is not Satoshi, right? Yeah. And I, I like I like to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> But it's weird. I mean, like, if, if a third guy's coming to claim, and like, if there were any credibility to this, it just it, for me the question that needs to be asked is like, what was his actual role? Because I don't think it was technical, not in any way. And the thing that's interesting about Bitcoin is how technical it is. And that's where the credit goes too, right? Like, I don't the- know. I just don't think it matters. I mean, if you, like, if like, you, if you, if you, all you did was get lunch and, uh, you know, s- s- straighten out the, the, the work area after everyone leaves and you really didn't do shit to the project. Yeah. You'd have to, you know, to, to claim creator of that, you'd have to have contributed in a meaningful way. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Like maybe, you know, maybe he was copy editing the, the paper. I don't know. Hmm. I, I just, it's very, it's very odd. But like that, that to me is the question is like, what was his role? Because I don't think he even understands how to sign these, uh, you know, these signatures, these private keys and such. I don't think he gets it. Yeah, he doesn't. It, it, it. Was, what, it, I mean, was he was he not completely discredited by Maxwell and other people for showing that he? Well, his knowledge is not there. Like he doesn't understand the system. Yeah, I don't but think. but even just like outright, like I thought that he tried to show that it was pretty much 
shown that he fraudulently signed those transactions or like, yes, I know. think that's pretty much shown that he did. Now, what's what's odd about that is that doesn't mean that he isn't Satoshi or isn't part of that team. Yeah. It just means that he submitted fraudulent evidence that he was. Good which point. goes to my point that he, at the very least, he doesn't know how to sign these things. Mm. He doesn't actually know what he's doing. Mm. So he doesn't understand the cryptography. We have plenty of quotes by him that show that he doesn't understand the cryptography. The the counterparty one's a big one for me. Yeah, he doesn't understand the uh, the checksum at the end of the, the address. Right. He he uh, he he. Uh We've talked about it, but he tweeted right. out that you know the address looked suspicious because yeah, of the checksum. Because you know it's a suspicious burn address because of the checksum at the end, failing to understand that like you have to have that in order to validate. And a lot make, of that stuff's uh, very specific uh, design decisions, right? Someone had to like the checksum's a genius part of Bitcoin. Genius. Ethereum doesn't have it. Yeah, I mean it's definitely it's it's innovative and important. I'm guessing I, I, this is a history question. I forgot to look this up. If, if I, yeah, the checksum was probably there from the beginning, um, but you have to, yeah, because like uh, I forget like when 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 because uh, like you know how like you, you used to be able to like pay to public key and like that's a address type that's not used anymore because it was deprecated in favor well not deprecated but it was replaced you know people were like don't use that way of doing it use pay to public key hash like you have, right. you, need, you, need, you need to have a hash of it. And then from that hash, I think, is how the address encoding works. So that's when the checksum comes into play, I believe. But uh, either way, like, <laughs> if you're Satoshi, you're going to, like, understand, like, that. You know, like, that's – and I think that has been around since the beginning. I think it's been around for – I think I think at, so. At least since around his time, for yeah. sure. You know, like – He would know that at yeah, least. Yeah. yeah, he would definitely know that, yeah. Um, yeah, but it, it's, it, not, it's, it, it's not – it's not, like, even, even if it was something newer, like, it doesn't – the type of protocol used, everything else, all the hashing. I mean, all, all of it had to be understood. And, like, as I listen to Craig Wright talk, it's clear he doesn't understand a lot of the technicals. So, I mean, again, like, what was his role? You're getting a letter tomorrow. I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do believe. You and, just said he doesn't get the technicals. That's good. But enough. that's okay. <laughs> Satoshi doesn't have to. Not all Satoshi. One third of Satoshi has to. Yeah. My God, it's a good thing no one listens to this show, though. That's like that. That, that I feel like makes it difficult to get a letter, right? Sean, this is all Sean. These are all Sean's ideas. Oh, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> um, if you get a letter, though, I want to hang it. Okay, I get. I, I want to have it. Well, you can, you can hang it and and you can pay for the the legal cost. Right. <laughs> My God. So what's going on with this Blockstream forwards contract thing? There's oh, so much controversy about it. Yeah, kind Greg, of. I love you. Uh, <laughs> They're uh they're they're doing a Ford's contract, uh that they tested with some Japanese company, or so, like some guys in Japan. Yeah, the Japanese. And uh, it might be like a, an idea for a financial product, I guess. Um, but there's but, like a trusted Oracle setup in it, right? Yes. So like you need you basically like what they did is they they uh they decided to take out like a uh, a Ford's contract. On like the price of Bitcoin, and they use the uh, the ICE data feed as the oracle uh, as as the price, and then they they executed the contract just to just to do it and see if they could. Yeah, and they did. Um, so, so the, uh, the but 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 we it's hard. To, I think like we're having like the like if Blockstream labels it as trustless, is it really trustless if you need a trusted oracle because you could always like, you have to rely on the oracle to broadcast the right. data. 
Um, it, it's like, interesting that like, like Bitcoin has really fuckered our understanding of the word trustless in computers. Because like trustless now means like you don't have to trust anybody. Like you could, you know, I, I don't have to know the miner. The miner can like censor my transaction, but the next miner won't. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's very weird to me. It's just, it, but it's it's a valid criticism. Like they're calling it trustless. It's not trustless in the way that like, you know, MakerDAO is not trustless. Mm-hmm. As a, it has a price feed oracle and a kill switch. Uh, but you know that to me that's very interesting. And I, I thought there was a lot of controversy this week because they called it trustless, mm-hmm. but it's kind of not. Yeah. Well, there's no. I don't think there really is a trustless solution to that that, that problem. I don't think there's trustless solutions think, to any Oracle problem. I, I don't think you can get better than that. So, uh, if we're trying to debate whether it's right to call it trustless or not, I'm not. I'm not really sure. Like you, like you. Uh, My thinking on oracles has really evolved over the years. I used to think that like you would need five oracles or something like that, and and you know to to be feeding data and to make it you know quasi trustless. At this point, I think I think I'm of the opinion. That most good data probably comes from a single good source. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, gambling is that way, right? There's what one or two places you could actually get good data from. Yeah, they're all run by the same. So there's same diminishing company. qualities. Like if you don't, if you are to pick, if you were to pick one company, you'll get ninety nine point nine 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 percent accurate data. If you pick two, you're probably more susceptible in cases like gambling to be getting worse data. And every, it just diminishes from there. It has to. Because apparently there's only a couple of nerds that really give a fuck about, like, snails or, you know, like, any specific kind of data. You know, in gambling, there's only really one company that wants to do the price feed information for all of these different sports. Mm-hmm. Only one. Everything else is feeding from that. So even if you were to pick them, even if you were to pick them, NBC, ESPN, and such, you're probably they're probably grabbing their data from that single source, mm-hmm. which means you're just diminishing the quality of what you, you know, what you're putting in. Yeah. I mean, like you, the best you're going to get is that you're going to have one source and if they fuck up, then the community, I mean, everybody can see it. Everybody so, fuck up. So like, you know, everybody has to like, if, 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 if it's not producing the accurate results, then as you, far as I can tell, it works fine it. and it does produce the it's it's really accurate, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. It's uh, casinos license their their feed. The sports books license their feed to run their numbers. I'm still of the opinion that if you want to do that stuff, like what you ought to do is have uh, you know sort of a two tier system where the individuals in a transaction are the oracles first, and if they disagree, then you like go to the the, the next oracle. That to me is kind of the solution. Mm-hmm. So well, they 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 uh, there has to be agreement on both sides. Yeah, if, if they both agree, then dispute like, resolution happens yeah. by second order. Yeah. Right. So the oracle is used only as the mm-hmm. arbitrator. That, plus, that to me is a much plus, like more elegant way to like deal yeah. with this. Plus, like it, it, you don't have to like put your money on like some type of exchange or brokerage to execute these types of uh, contracts, bets, or whatever. Uh, you you I mean you could say you have to trust where the information is coming from, but you don't need to put it on a platform. Like we can do this. You can do this without risk of losing those funds right. or, or having those funds not paid out to you or whatever. Yeah, it, it, you just have to trust the, 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 the source of information. I mean, it's, it's interesting, too, because like you, could, you could charge for that or something like that, like if it had to default back to the Oracle, and uh, you'd probably construct some sort of system where, you know, if I were, if I were making bets all the time, you, you'd probably do an expected value calculation that says that I can just say I won every bet because 50% of the time I'm going to be right, and then the other 50% of the time the Oracle will decide, and here's 
how much I'll make by not managing that with my time or something like that. So you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't matter that much because your presumption in that case would be that the other person is going to be honest. So you, you just let it default to the oracle. And you know, I, I think that that'd be a really interesting sort of elegant solution where you have the two the two decide, and then only in arb- you know arbitration, then you know move to that like single oracle. So like the guys would just swipe right on Tinder. That's what just I do. <laughs> yeah, that, that's true though. Like <laughs> you, you get on there, like right, 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 and you're like ugly, hideous chick, right, transgender dick, what, right, right, yeah. right, and then like you, they respond to you, you know, because for guys it's a numbers game, right? So like you're you're just swiping right on everything, and then like when they when they finally contact you. Um, then, then you screen. Then you're like, oh, I'm, uh, no, <laughs> no, not good enough. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Would have swiped left if I'd spent any time. Yeah, <laughs> but no, like, yeah, that's sorry to get your hopes up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, oh man, I, I swept right when I meant left. Sorry. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, that, I, I think that there's, I think that there's actually some really elegant solutions to the Oracle problem, and I think that's one of them. I think that'd be really good. I think, I mean, like, I, I talked a little bit about the credit card uh, solution that I had. Uh, for doing like subscription payments with credit cards, right? I think those kinds of solutions are really good for Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. If you could do that sort of thing, where you know you actually look at the state of the world, how does it actually work, and then you you throw Bitcoin into it on top of it, that's when I think that's when like really good elegant solutions exist. Mm-hmm. So for the credit cards, I mean, did I, did I talk to you about that? Maybe. But so, so real simple. What I would do is I would have a system. Where you have uh, credit cards, mm-hmm. and you put in your information so that, let's say you're signing up for a SaaS, you would put your information in as a credit card, and then every month it would send you an email and say, hey, you have a payment coming up. Do you want to pay with Bitcoin? Um, and if you pay with Bitcoin, then the credit card just won't, won't process that month's payment. Mm. Or it'll process a partial amount if you pay you know, partially with Bitcoin or something like that. But basically, you'd fund you'd fund the payment. It would offer a credit on the credit card so that it wouldn't like actually you know run it. And just every month, it would do that. So then it would give you the option of doing a push payment before it actually runs a credit card. But then the company is uh, has the backup credit card option, mm-hmm. which means that they know that you know as as you're with them, uh, you'll continue to pay. There's kind of like this credit card insurance in the back end. To me, that's how you would do subscription payments elegantly with Bitcoin. Yeah, I mean it's not. Uh it, it, it's far from having some type of system that allows, you know, uh, pulls from your account or pull, you know, pull, pull, pulls, you know, pulling money from you in the same way that, like, uh, you know, a credit card works. Right, because you got to, you have to, right. it has to work in a push environment, right? Because, like, Bitcoin's a push mechanism. Yeah. But, yeah, that would, I mean, that would, you could you could have that set up um, and just have that, that dual system. I, I feel like you could do all of that with, like, BTC Pay Server, even. Like I saw someone put together a credit card type system that uses Square for BTC Pay, which which is fine. But I would have I would have constructed it like this. To me, that seems really elegant, where mm. it does the subscription payment, but only in the event that, you know, someone hasn't paid already mm. with another method such as Bitcoin. Yeah. Um, did you see that Binance is doing an IEO, initial exchange offering? I hate the name. Have you yeah have you have you looked at this shit? Yeah, I, I, I didn't know what it meant. I, I, I read the the headline and I thought it was like a initial early offering, like a pre ICO. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, I remember those. Is that? Oh. <laughs> do you remember the pre ICOs? They would do an ICO, but before the ICO. Yeah. And then they would do the ICO, but it, there was no difference between the two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved that. The IC, ICO season was the funniest set of like two, the funniest three months I've ever had. Funnest even. In Bitcoin, yeah. Well, we're just watching how, like, at first it was like, oh, look, look at these ten ICOs that are on this page. Like, look how ridiculous. Just these the are. great stupidity. And then, of like, the, the next week, it's like, oh, there's like a hundred. 
And then they were like, oh, there's a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, you're looking at them and they're like, oh my God. But you'd ask simple questions like, what, what is, what, what do you get in this ICO? Oh, a token. But like, what is that? Is that like part of the company? No, 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 no. It's in our prospectus. Not, a, it's nothing. Mm. So why, why would I do this? We don't know. We just know the people are. We got we got forty million dollars by doing you, it. How, how many do you want? How many do you want? You want to like you know? <laughs> they're they're worth nothing. Well, okay, so I, I I can get like forty million. No, no, no. Forty million. You got to pay us a million bucks. So they're worth four forty cents. Four dollars. Like what? The forty dollars? Is that what? It, okay. So they're worth forty bucks. No, no, no. They're worth nothing. So I give you money. You you give them to me. There's nothing but upside. This is just all upside. We're going to get them on. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not worth anything. We're going to get them on an exchange. For what? So people can trade them. But they're not worth anything. I know. It's, it's weird, right? Like, it was just the weirdest fucking three months I've ever seen. And people, like, kept, they, they, was, they, they were playing, like, hot potato with them. Mm-hmm. Oh, one, yeah. of, one of my favorite memes is the, the Wen Polo meme. Oh, Wen Polo is yeah. so fucking funny. <laughs> yeah. Wen Polo. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's going to be lost to history. Nobody will get that one. <laughs> Those the memes are. That's what's great about memes is they they really do like grab a, a part of history and and sum it up <laughs> in a way that if you're not there you're you don't get it. So have you ever read like Candide? No, oh, that's Kevin. He, he can he can actually read. Uh, you ever read Candide? I have not read Candide. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, you, if you read Voltaire, you read it and it's a lot of it's supposed to be funny, but it it doesn't. It's not like gut bustingly funny. I, I've read it. It's it's kind of this like. Not that funny stuff, and I, I very I, you don't I get, get the, the references, sense. right? Yeah. you don't get the references at all, or, like, the, or the humor of the time, right? And and then when I did the blockchain paper, uh, the white paper of blockchain Jesus, mm-hmm. I, I realized exactly how that happens because I showed that to my girlfriend after it was done, and you know we put it on Reddit, and the thing was you know people were laughing their asses off. I thought it was really funny, and then I showed it to my girlfriend at the time, and she she reads it, she's like I, this this is so stupid. I was like, yeah, it is stupid. Uh, but it's funny. <laughs> like I couldn't explain why. Maybe it's because she's not a Bitcoin person, right? No, that's that's the thing. Like she wasn't. Oh, but you. Oh, you. Were, you were I just showed it to her. She, she, to, like, yeah, I thought. Was, I, I just wanted people. to see. Like, do you get it? And then she. Would, I got like really uncomfortable as she read it because I was like, oh, that's a reference she won't understand. Oh, that's a reference she won't. Under- oh, she won't get that one. She's not gonna get that. Nope, that. That's going right over her head. Just the whole thing. Yeah. Just completely, completely over. Every, like if you're not here, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And it's the same. I, like I'll listen to old shows with my dad or something, and he'll he'll, he'll sit there and just kind of like like gloss over. Like I don't. What what the fuck is a blockchain? It just doesn't understand any of it. Even on the basic stuff, if you're like discussing very simple technicals, mm. just completely just goes right over his head. But the Binance thing is very interesting. Like they're they're doing their own blockchain. They're releasing uh, these coins on it. It uses the what's that? The mint something? Tendermint. Tendermint is out there. Yeah, is a consensus. Well, people are saying IEOs are like the next ICO, way. right? But I I also heard that from some other buzzword a few months ago of uh, some like initial security it seems offering. Like more like wishful thinking. Everyone, to me. Everyone's everyone's trying to like make this like they want to happen. They want the ICOs to happen. And again. all the, all this IEO shit is is that the tokens like the quit trying to make it exchange. happen. Again. So if you want to be part of an IEO, oh, sign in your Binance account and like you can participate in it. So it's not they're not dropping it directly on people. They're dropping on on the exchange. Well, even weirder than that, it's all for like reductions in prices on I, on Binance. 
Like you get like a certain percentage off trading. So all you're doing is like pre-funding your trades in the future, I guess. So it's just their coupons. It's, it's a membership card. That's all it is. Like you're in the Binance membership. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing's going up, up, up. Yeah. Like our, like uh, Binance has their own chain too, like or something. Like they're trying to unload like altcoins, or they're trying to unload uh, like well, the, okay. So the CZ CZ's like Binance plan apparently is to completely decentralize Binance. That's his goal. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I listen to like Laura Shin talk about it, and she seems completely unskeptical about this possibility. Oh, really? Completely. So she's not so. Uh... Wait, like what? This guy, okay, remind me, Binance guy, CZ, yeah. he, he was involved in whatever before that. I think he was like a nobody before that. Well, either way, Binance kind of came only with a couple years ago. Yeah, it just and, came out of the blue and too. became like a top exchange, right? So the guy might know some, like, have an idea of some things he's doing. I think he fell into this shit. You think that all that's accidental? One hundred percent. Because a lot of exchanges popped up within that period, or tried to, and none got the none, none got the traction that Binance got. I think he was an entrepreneur. He was doing some business, and then he like left that business to go do Binance. But I don't think he was like a big Bitcoiner before that. I think he just thought this was a really interesting idea, and then he went into it and didn't really know much about it. And I think he's made it like I don't know a billion dollars or some obscene amount. Mm-hmm. He probably holds it all in I don't know Tron, and he. <laughs> He does. I doubt he cashes out. He's probably like a Jeremy Gardner type, and uh, he just, you know, does his thing. But I, I don't think he's like highly Bitcoin competent. So you think he actually thinks he can like decentralize? Yeah, his I think company? he thinks he can decentralize his company. Well, he's gonna. So that, that means he's not gonna be head of his company. Anymore. I think he's okay with that. I think, <laughs> like, I think this is the ultimate like stepping back from your weird. Ponzi or whatever the fuck it is. Like, I, don't, I don't know what to call it. Like, and it's an exchange. It's a legitimate exchange right now. Yeah. And he wants to decentralize it and hand, hand it off to the community. It's so weird. I, I don't like. What does he want to do? Like, go sell his coins, live on a yacht. So he's like, I'm done. I'm gonna concoct this weird idea. I don't want to do it anymore. And then like, just it's yours. I don't know how you would do transaction ordering on this thing very well. I, th- I would think there'd be very simple attacks, like actually running an exchange. On a Tendermint blockchain, that's going to be weird. Well, we already know that you can't really do that because, like, these DEX-type things, there's plenty of evidence that there's front-running going on. Of course there's There's front-running. There was even a recent article I threw in here called... Ethereum was doing... Yeah. The the article... It was like a research paper. They were calling it Flash Boys 2.0, which... Which I think is hilarious because this is very obvious to anyone who's done DEX stuff. Like, we've played with the DEXs and Counterparty. It's very Mm -hmm. obvious how this stuff works. The miners get to decide a lot. Mm-hmm. About transactions on dexes, they're not they're not actually very good. You're not talking like Flashboys two point is probably inappropriate because you're not actually doing like it's like Flashboys. The idea of it is that front running requires really fast calculations by computers. Well, blockchains give you like I don't know twelve seconds, ten minutes to figure out how to front run. It's it's like oh. You know, it's, it's a really dumb version of a computer. Instead of, like, having to work on the microseconds, you're not working on, like, tenths of a second watching someone. You're actually working with, like, ten minutes of time. And you're like, okay, mm-hmm. I guess I could, uh, like, jump in, be- in front of him by giving, uh, you know, a higher minor fee. 
um, you know, and I could just do this and this and this and maybe do this kind of attack and, you know, get in before him and take that order and that'll be great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And you, you, it's easy to front run. Super easy. Yeah. Like it's trivial. Yeah, you're, and people who want to trade, like you're, you're not going to want to do that. <laughs> if you'd asked me a year ago what the problem with an Ethereum DEX is, I would have told you it's going to be transaction ordering. Mm-hmm. So I see, I see a, an article come out about it, and I'm just like, okay, good for you. You just discovered this thing that was obvious. Mm. Like it's trans, transaction ordering is what blockchains do, guys, but they don't do it like in the way you think they do it. It's not like, it's not like. Doing high volume trading isn't what they're for. Mm. Ripple. So, because Binance is like at least a top ten, top five exchange. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, as far as it we might can tell, exchanges big, it might be one, the biggest. Like, it's, it's huge, and exchanges are one of the few things you can do in the space to make money if you're trying to like. So, like, he's just—is he going to run that into the ground? Maybe I don't. Know. I, don't I don't think it will matter. He's cashed out. Um. It is I I E O. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got more money than God at this point. Like he, I, I think he leveraged his uh, weird status as like the chief exchange operator, yeah. and uh, and has just killed it. Like, congrats to him. But I, I just don't think I don't think he actually knows a, a lot about what's going on here. Mm. I'd be very curious. Uh, but yeah. It's it's going to be like I think this whole this whole move to try to decentralize it. I, I learned this week on or, uh, or I guess a couple weeks ago on Lauren Shin's podcast that they're actually paying a lot of their employees in Binance Coin. They're paying them in it. They're paying them in reduced future trading costs. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's that was my impression too. I was like, okay, that's dumb. I mean, all it is. I mean, it's. It's it's different than going to Silicon Valley and paying people in stocks, I guess, because everybody thinks that like somehow they're going to be able to put food on the table with Binance Coin, and there's no lockout period. I wish I got paid in stuff that went up 190 percent this year. Right, everybody. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that seems like a good deal <laughs> so far. I want to know how many of them are just holding on to it, and like some some like enterprising employee in 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 Binance is like, okay, I'm just going to dump on that. Okay, you guys. Oh. Okay, I'm rich. Like I'm good. Thanks. And just kind of does that every week with his paycheck. I bet a lot of them are holding their coins. Yeah, but you'd walk into work the next morning, and then everyone would see it on the blockchain, and then they'd know. They'd know. And then yeah, they'd, they're watching you. Yeah. Then no one would want to sit at your table at lunch. You'd be all by yourself. Right. But you, you'd have a million dollars. True. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could buy your table. Probably buy friends at that point. You get a job. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna short that pig tomorrow. Are you? Short and buy I dare you. I dare do it. Do a naked short, <laughs> man. Oh man! But yeah, I I do think that there's going to be a lot of people left in the dust on this stuff. Like with Binance, for example, there's probably going to be people just holding the coin, and I can't imagine it goes up forever. At some point, people are going to realize how stupid this is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you think? But, I'm just skeptical uh, of the project generally. Like decentralizing, decentralizing a company, I'm I'm very 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 skeptical of, as a whole. Is he? He's out of China, right? Yeah, I think so. It's probably yeah. It's probably, it probably his exit, exit strategy. Just stay there. Well, he's <laughs> he, he's accomplished. You know, building an exchange. Everyone knows him. He's he's rich as fuck. The biggest thing that's going to be in his way is probably the government. He probably wants to run for office and like not work anymore. 
Or he probably wants to get out of China. Could be. It could, <laughs> it could be it. He's just trying like, to like, get to Canada. I think when you make a billion in China, I think like the goal is to get out of China. It could be. Well, it's pretty easy. Just you know, give some money to America, and we'll give you citizenship. Yeah. I think that uh, also he's opening a lot of offices apparently all over the world. Huh. Which I, I didn't realize. I can't imagine he's doing it with like a mind toward compliance either. Is he opening up an office down here? I hope so. You could go get some Binance coin. I want to go go work for and get Binance coin. I want want those discounts. I want 15% of your salary. (laughs) I feel like it, 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 that all like feels very much like Beanie Babies to me. Yeah. Like if you want a comparison to Tulips or Beanie Babies, Binance coin feels like that. Like there's going to be a lot of people sitting there with their like, you know, Seymour the seal, and then all of a sudden, like the prices crash, they go to zero, and you're like, ah, oh, I'm still <laughs> holding it. What the fuck? Why didn't I sell? You're the, you're the guy that has like his garage full of all these beanie babies uh-huh. that are supposed to like make a rent. Oh, yeah, it's up 12%. It's seven on coin market cap. Really? Yeah. Good. Okay, that, that, that's going to my prediction. I, can't I predicted that. I predicted, I don't know when it was, like three or four months ago, that by the end of the, by like within 12 months, Ninety percent of the coins on Coin Market Cap's top ten would be different. Mm. So if, if Binance Coin's there, that's great. Have you seen? Uh, I haven't What's it worth, it? by the way? If, to be in the top ten, it's got to be worth like seventeen billion dollars. Hold on, I'm getting. Uh, but it's two billion. It's uh, it's fucking four billion. Three point four billion. Yeah. Nice. It's a market cap. Is, and that's not even. I don't think that's even shares of the company. Then right. Shares. Yeah, it's not shares. It's just oh. <laughs> shares. <laughs> shares. <laughs> equity. Yeah, it's not even equity. So like, it's better than equity. It's Binance. Coin. It's Binance Coin. It's you don't want equity. It's future <laughs> trading coupons. Three point four billion dollars. I wonder what like. <laughs> Apparently, they have a burn schedule too. They're going to burn a bunch of coins. Bitcoin SV is way down. Is it? Well, it's. Oh, uh, I don't want that. I want it's it like be... number fourteen. Uh, it's got to replace something else on the top ten. I'm just like watching the top ten. Like I need these things to get replaced for my prediction to be right. Tether's eight. Yeah, tether doesn't count. I don't know. I, don't... I guess tether in a way is. Uh... Who owns them again? Bit... Um, Bitmex, Bit Bitra, Bit Bitrex. No, Bitfinex. Bitfinex coin. Yeah. Bitfinex. It's like Bitfinex coin. Oh, t- Tether's not Bitfinex coin, though. That's a separate one. What? Is, there's Bitfinex coin for real? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, but it's probably not related to Bitfinex. No, it is. Like, didn't they launch a token to when they lost all the money to save the exchange oh, and it did, actually worked they out? They did. Absolutely. But oh, yeah. I think they, they might have taken all those back, right? But yeah, you're right. They, they bought they, them at a discount. That's true, they, they, yeah. they bought them back at like 20 cents on the dollar. Yeah, they were it, like, it worked. fuck you. It worked, apparently. It did. Yeah. Everyone apparently was very happy, too, with like what happened. I think they gave like temporary equity or something like that to people. It was, you know, I've, I've heard people say that it was like a very creative way to get out of like structure of bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. It, maybe it was. That just, it, I can't believe that worked. Well, think about it. So you give people these tokens and they think, you know, it's like, uh, like a bond essentially, and they don't think it's worth anything, so they're happy to sell it for twenty cents right. on the dollar, twenty five cents on the dollar. So you just reduce your liability by three fourths. <laughs> that's, like, that's exactly what happened. It's, yeah, it's wild. So I don't know. People voluntarily will take, you know, and then and then the few that held got their money back. I guess so. That is what happened, isn't it? That's that's fucking genius, Phil Potter. You're a genius. 
It worked. I didn't think it would work. I thought I, didn't I thought that that was like a hail mary. I couldn't believe like I last chance, right. last ditch hope effort. I feel hope. like he had that up his sleeve for a while. He was like, okay, we got hacked. Let's try this. I've been talking about it for a while. I'm pretty sure it'll work. I think somebody else followed in their footprints trying to do the same thing based off of that. and didn't work? Not, not the same? I, 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 don't, I think it did work. I, I think yet to be determined or something. I never. I, I don't remember who it was, so I can't speak on it. But obviously, I'm sure other people took note of what how that was handled. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's in other people's back pocket, too. Yeah. Man. So uh, the Mueller report came out this week. Did you see that? I saw. There was, was a lot of talk about that. Dante was right. Dante was right. Uh, that there was no collusion. No collusion. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I talked to him this week about that. I was, uh, I was, I was telling him we should, we should like do a show called Dante was right. Yeah. He liked that idea a lot, but, uh, but you know, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Bitcoin actually is on like page 36 or something like that. Yeah. First mention. And it was, uh, there was an article that was talk. It wasn't like new information cause I've heard this before. It was reported before, but some, uh, Whatever that Russian agency is, there there was evidence that some the of the troll farm, yeah, or yeah. whatever, or, or or maybe not the troll farm specifically, but they were using they were mining, they like, or they were trying to get Bitcoin to right. buy certain equipment. Uh, it's just like a workaround to prevent. cat scan machines. Yeah, uh, <laughs> not cat scan machines. <laughs> it was like something else. Well, but did, but I mean, like, I didn't read the mole. I didn't read the report. I haven't read that much so about long. it, I other than. But like, what, what, what was there? Anything interesting in there? Like, was there anything like? I hope they bought a bunch of equipment to try to mine the coins. I bet they did. Instead of just like, buying right? them, like we need new ones. So let's yeah. spend <laughs> four million dollars in equipment to mine forty thousand dollars worth of coins. I, I like the idea that the whole Russian conspiracy was actually them trying to cover up the fact that they're getting Bitcoin mining equipment. That's a great idea. I like that. Yeah. Was there anything interesting in it? I have no idea. Like, because we talked about the Russian thing, and I don't remember. What we talked about Dante like a long time ago, but uh, like weren't, weren't you kind of talking how um, like like Russia having any influence in the election? The ruler report concluded that there was no like yeah. collusion, at least with Trump. Right. But, like the Russian influence on like social media and shit does seem like that 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 is happening. Yeah, it's happening. What I mean, the thing is this: like I, I when the Mueller report came out. And it was written that there was no collusion. My first thought was, wait, we thought that we literally thought Trump was a Manchurian candidate. That was what we were waiting for. I didn't realize that. Did you realize that was what we were waiting to like find out? You mean like they were they were like expecting him to? Yeah, I thought it was like much going to be like much less insidious than that. I would be like, you know, oh yeah, like this is the way in which you know this this happened, and they you know the, the Russians tricked him into you know colluding, I guess, in this way. And it would, I thought it would be very, like, sort of un, uninteresting in that way. But, like, it comes out like, oh, there's no collusion? I was like, wait, we, we really literally thought Trump was a Manchurian candidate? That, that's what we thought? <laughs> oh, no, I, I, I didn't know that. that I'm out. <laughs> like, I didn't think that was going on. Yeah. The, the, who thought that? I don't know. I, I mean, I guess a lot of Dems did. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. It's like the idea that, like, you snap your finger and Trump, like, goes into Russia mode. Kill him, <laughs> like, like fucking hypnotized or something. It was, it was. I was, I was really surprised by that. That was, uh, that to me was like really, yeah. But I don't think there was that much interesting in it. It was, it was pretty like straightforward. Yeah. My, my, the only thing I cared about was that Bitcoin was on page thirty six. Yeah. I'm like beyond. 
Let me just mention a couple times. Do you think do you, do you think Trump's gonna like do anything new? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I hope so. <laughs> like he tweeted out, he's like coming after people now or something. He's like now now we're gonna like put all these people to justice after two years. It was like. I just don't know what he could I, do. I, yeah, I don't think there's anything going on. I just like the idea that like he was waiting for this to happen, and now oh, that's he's over, doing he's, something. He's going. You think he's, so? going he's going yeah. on the attack. Yeah, like it's like, oh, you you fuckers! I was you, like, you tried to come after me for two years, and I'm coming after you. Take a swing at the champ. You better get. You better knock. That's the probably champ. true. <laughs> well, you know, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> My God, I, I do want him to go. Like it, the politics have been interesting enough. Uh-huh. I wouldn't mind seeing something hilarious happen to everybody. It's hard not to like be. I find it interesting. Like I find like like I always try to vote for the loser, but I've never I never thought that the loser would be the winner this time. And uh, and and I gotta say, Trump is like th- that guy pushes back. So I wouldn't be surprised. Like I, I, if you're right, he's a puncher. Yeah. Do you think, do you think he's gonna square up against Yang? <laughs> oh man, Yang is interesting. You know. Like he's he seems like he seems to be getting a lot of uh, a lot of conservatives to really kind of enjoy his company. That's that's all I can say about well, it. Like, just they enjoy his company. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people who uh, are more and more fed up with you know a lot like like traditional people who might be conservative or Democrat, like young people, like it doesn't matter. They they probably. Would favor Yang. I'm, I'm becoming I mean, it's very, very. It's a very different like candidate than like you know Bernie Sanders. Well, free college. Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Three thousand. Yeah. Oh yeah. Secure the bags. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm becoming very cynical about these Silicon Valley types who who are predicting the like automation that's coming and everything else because I just think I, I don't know. I see a lot of I see a world here where programmers have crawled up their own assholes. And are really of the belief that they are, are themselves gods. So much so that they came up with uh, an entire religion about how they're gods. Simulation theory. They're seeing themselves as the gods? Well, think about it this way. Like, so programmers when, now, so a lot of these guys, a lot of people are atheists nowadays, which are, you know, whatever, you, you be an atheist, you do you. Um, but now they've reverted back so the the belief is that it's more likely we're in a simulation than not mm-hmm. and that we could essentially be in a computer game so who's running that simulation but a programmer it's you know it's it's just that the, but the how idea would, how would that be them well the the, <laughs> the idea is that the, the god of this universe the universe that we're in ea sports EA Sports, the e- yeah, <laughs> is 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 in fact a it's programmer. A pro- so those programmers are like the closest beings that are to God. That's that's but essentially what the really entire. Do, su- do, I don't think do, they do, realize that's what they're saying. But do you really think they like they they are taking simulation theory like to that like level of like that's how? I don't think that they are smart enough to have abstracted what they're actually saying. What they're actually saying is that they are gods. It's it's this hubris. That I find to be absolutely asinine. It's the new nihilism. It's utterly. It's it's just nihilistic. I look at it. I'm just. I'm baffled by the fact that people can go through this line of thinking and not realize that all they're doing is declaring that they themselves are gods. I see it as a bit of a stretch. I see your point. I, I, it's not the, like the, the the master of the universe 
in their mind, at least those who are like accepting this theory, is a programmer. Well, but you could say they have... They, but not a programmer. Yeah, a but that's like neutral. saying like I'm a carpenter but, following in the footsteps of Jesus. So like I view myself as a f- god. By following that, like, in the footsteps of Jesus is different. In this case... <laughs> <laughs> well, because Jesus was real. Well, and God. Yeah. Uh, externalizing, externalizing the God... Like saying that God is something I could never achieve mm-hmm. is is like a fundamental part of believing in sort. Of, I mean, it's it's the entire concept is that there is knowledge out there that's very difficult to get without having like without inserting a God. In this case, what they're saying is the person who has built this simulation has the same talents I have. I could be him. Or eventually, I could. My, my, right. My, There's a day in which we could also be him. I will have my own simulation. I will be. I could build a simulation. Um, but do you think that if they do have that God complex, it's coming just from the idea that like they're like they're 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 very high up in our like our they're like the top dog right now because they're 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 Silicon Valley tech programmers. They 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 have a specialization. They're smarter than their colleagues. They're getting a lot of money for it. There's I, a yeah, lot I of money the, attention the, to it. The wealth like, has a big impact. There's a huge on financial incentive to be like, oh, like we're like that's. That could be where the God complex. I don't think so. From. I think that it's. I think that it's utterly. I don't think they've thought through it. I think that what they've done is they sat down at a, at a table and they've thought about the fact that like you know multiple universes, blah blah blah. Like there's a high chance that we're living in a simulation, and you know, and they've taken the matrix to that extreme. And I think all it is is just programmers thinking that they themselves. You know, you've talked to programmers before. Like I could put a billion people out of work with my programming, and you know, they're oh yeah, they get oh they, yeah all the time. They get like real arrogant. Yes. Like, yeah. I think that that translates into developing a religion wherein you are God, which is fucked up. Like, I, I don't care. Like, you you be an atheist, you don't. Like, I don't even think they realize that they they now have posited that there's a God sitting at a computer who's a 16 year old with acne. Like, that's it's a really weird world in which they actually believe that to be true. And like, is it true? I don't know. It, the only the only real like response you could have to that being true is that you have to act as though it's not. But it's really like, in my opinion, it's really dumb. Hmm. When you say that it's the new nihilism, I don't know if I understand the full history of like, like uh, it's just, like it's I know just, what nihilism is, but like, it's how... just a world in which everything is hopeless. Like you look at you look at that, and you're like, okay, so we live in The Sims, but for real, and like you know, our someone could turn off the power to this computer at any time, mm-hmm. and then you know we're done. And you know it's it's utter it's utterly hopeless. Like you're you're literally in control of nothing. You're running. You're literally believing in the fact that you yourself are. It's it's like Calvinist predestination. You're just you're you're running through like algorithms that have been pre-programmed. You're just kind of responding to stimuli. And you know it's 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 very nihilistic. It's weird. It it breeds, in my opinion, it breeds a sort of like hopeless despondency about the world like i can really affect nothing anything i do affect has no real effect because it's not real you said uh didn't you say that you thought elon musk might be thinking that that was one like when when i saw you like that was after the Joe i think that after elon no well yeah after elon musk started talking about simulation theory i think that's about when he got really fucked up like started getting weird and I wouldn't be surprised if his like belief in simulation theory is you know a big contributor to like how weird he's gotten. Hmm. But that you know that's just a, that's just a theory because to me I look at it and I'm like if I viewed the world like that I could be nothing but nihilistic. Hmm. 
Do you not feel that? I mean, like that—that's my opinion on it. Like, I, I don't—I I haven't really thought about it enough. I, I don't know if I, to be honest, I, I wouldn't. I'm not really there in terms of like thinking that, or the, I'm not sure if I would believe it that way. I don't—I don't know. I'd have to think about it more. But it is—it is—it's interesting that like in a world where like we've uh, we've kind of gotten away from religion because we've we've you know science has kind of like made it hard to it's hard, but science has really made it harder to believe in in. in religion and uh it seems like other things kind of take that place and some of these ideas of thought especially the simulation theory idea is so it's so weird because it's uh it's because we've learned more about like how our universe is and we have some theories about it and if those theories are correct then this is actually closer to like how we're all created than than the the biblical story. Yeah, you're just yeah, like, it's but all weird... you've done is po- posited a creator again. You're just like back to this like weird world in which everyone went full atheism and then right back to like a god. But the god now, instead of being like this all powerful, all good, all you know seeing being, he's a 16 year old with acne who can turn off the computer at any time. Mm-hmm. It's it's weird. Hmm. Um, I mean, there's a lot that is there. Is there anything else that you wanted to hit on today? Actually, it could be a short show. There's also the Assange arrest. Oh, Assange was arrested. That's right. Oh, God. did you see the arrest video? Where they're like pulling him out. They pulled him out. His like feet are in the back, and he's like got. He has a uh, a Gore Vidal book. Yeah, a Gore Vidal book. <laughs> Which is interesting. Like Gore Vidal. Like what a weird choice. I. But yeah, apparently he was resisting arrest. He wasn't like you know going smoothly. Mm-hmm. What do you think of the whole Assange thing? I mean, I'm inclined to believe. It's hard not to believe that, like you know, <laughs> there's, there's, there's. I don't know. There's limits to to what you can get away with. Do you think he's a journalist? I, I don't. I don't know. I I mean, I guess what's a. I don't know what a journalist is. I mean, like that's always that, the, that's where I landed too. I'm like, I don't really know how you define that. Well, at this point, are you a journalist? Me. Try not to be. Well, but th- but even if he was, you have to be honest to be a journalist. Are you saying it because if it, because if he's a journalist, uh, he should have journalist protections? Well, I mean, I, I okay. So if he's a journalist, then like you'd think that there's there is some, you know, sort of birth that he's given for you know publishing secret things. I think where it gets a little hairy is that Assange didn't do a lot of the things that most most journalists would consider ethical. But I don't know that breaching journalistic ethics is something you can really be charged for. So, for example, when he released a lot of the documents um, from Chelsea Manning's stuff, mm-hmm. uh, then Bradley Manning, uh, he he didn't redact a lot of the names or I think credit card numbers got in there, social security numbers, n- names of spies and stuff were in these documents. They didn't really redact, and it got into the wrong hands. And there's a lot of people who believe that he's sort of been a bit of a mouthpiece for the Russians as well, which is interesting because there's actually WikiLeaks for documents that are non-Russian. Hmm. Sorry, for WikiLeaks uh, for documents that are Russian because it seems like WikiLeaks really didn't publish a lot of Russian content post, like, I don't know, year three or something. Hmm. And it seems like he had sort of a vendetta against the United States for that time. So I don't, I mean, it's... There's a lot of weird uh, that surrounds WikiLeaks, but then again, we give like RT, which is you know Russian mouthpiece, journalistic credentials. Like Perianne Boring was a RT reporter. Was she really? Yeah, yeah. You never seen that stuff? No. Oh man, yeah. She was she was on RT. If you have no talent, you have to go on places like RT to get like. <laughs> Abby Martin was on RT, right? Rick Sanchez is yeah. now an anchor yeah. on. Uh, is Jesse Ventura. 
Really? Yeah, he does that conspiracy conspiracy show. I think on oh. RT. RT knows what to do. They're like they target people who believe in conspiracies in different ways. So like they they find a factional. I like it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they find factional factional groups. So like Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. And they go and they try to infiltrate Antifa. Uh, they probably do it with conservative groups in the same way. Uh, probably neo Nazis. I mean, like I mean, there's a lot of theories about Richard Spencer, right? He's uh, the neo Nazi guy. He's married to this. A Russian woman who translated Alexander, uh, what's his name, Alexander Dugan's book, which is one of the foremost used uh, foreign policy books in Russia. And it basically asserts that you find groups and you infiltrate them and you start trying to tear countries apart by uh, planting, you know, content and such into these groups and mm. making them, you know, infight. Sound wow. familiar? So she was a translator to Alexander Dugan's book. I think he's since divorced her, but you know he's married. To, he was married to this woman who was a Russian, who was in fact the translator to Alexander Dugan. Alexander Dugan regularly contributes to you know like the, the Daily Stormer and such. You know, it's not it's not unlikely that they're doing that to pretty much every factional group. And then what they do, they target like libertarians, which is why they got into Bitcoin content early. RT is a is is the place where all the libertarians go, and it's very difficult because like. Libertarians will look at RT and be like, why has Russia got, you know, why are they more willing to talk about the stuff that the U.S. government won't talk about? You know, Max Kaiser's on RT. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's, right, there's a lot of stuff on RT that, like, these libertarians like, and they, they, they actually will quote RT as a valid news source. Where do you think all, like, the Yellow Vest coverage comes from? They do. I mean, obviously, there's the propaganda lens that the information flows through out of that news site, but they do c- cover stories that no one else will cover. No one else will cover, and I find them interesting for that fact alone. But my question is always like, are they covering this fairly? Like, are they? Is this actually happening? How much of no, this is a hoax? No, it's. I mean, everything has a. Just like any documentary has a has a slant and an angle, any media broadcast network has a. Yeah, has the an difference angle. is that like some some media con- like some media networks are actually like deep state actors. True. Right, like Rush, like RT. Yeah. But I mean, the 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 credibility of the news that we have available, the, bar, zero. the bars. Yeah, I, I was going to say it's low, but it's it's. I mean, it's actually. More of a counter indicator, considering like how the last six months has gone. I mean, yeah. everything has been wrong. Yeah, every, every major, major story, story that they've run with has turned out to be pretty much polar opposite of the reporting. Well, that they... okay, so so this is the weird thing. I think that RT does a really good job of targeting, and I think that Americans don't know enough about what it is. I could see a world in which CNN, ABC, NBC have some of the lowest uh, trust of all time. For news organizations, mm. and where RT starts to creep up as a trusted news source for Americans. Yeah, and kind, like, kind of the think, way that the Comedy Central right. Daily Show did yeah, and stuff exactly. like that. Like all of a sudden, it's uh, people are getting their majority of their news right. from from John, John Stewart. So you think something. that Twitter bots are a problem? What do you do when like the world or like America Americans are watching RT, thinking that like it's legitimate good news? I just keep thinking like what happens when the Chinese figure out English a little bit better in like American context. You know, their ability to influence is going to be pretty wild. I think they have. I bet they already. I bet they already uh, have. Um, well, yeah. I feel like I feel like they're pretty bad at English though. On the whole, yeah. <laughs> like, there, there's so many giveaways, like the misspelling on the the the, the diva cup or something. You I know, get, like, I, they, I get all, they're like, oh, this is a three. No, it's it's an e three. 
You know, I, I get like all these emails from Guangdong province trying to sell me cameras and stuff like that. It's, it's hilarious to me. They, Hi, I'm Michelle from Guangdong province. You want camera? We sell good camera for you. And I'm just, I'm reading it. I'm like, you, like, couldn't you have hired? One English speaker they, paid them a lot a of money. There's a huge market for that, for yeah. someone that wants to take this business idea. Put together English proofreaders for Chinese businesses. Right. Just like little like dollar jobs. Just go over and just code it like just English. Oh, just, English just, just like, okay, it, guys, yeah. just make it like Americanize it. legible. Yeah. Like when Michelle from Guangdong province sell you camera, make yeah. sure that she like uses proper articles and doesn't sell you camera. You know, she's like a camera. <laughs> she sell, would you like to buy a camera? I hey, have, yes, I would. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Michelle. I have good camera for you. It good. It pretty. It red and blue. And I'm just like, okay, like this is this is the kind of email I get. And I'm like, if I, if they had one college student go there, they could probably cover the entire country's needs for all the emails they want to send to the U.S. I think about that more in terms of the scams where you know, you're already putting so much effort into it. Just hire a proofreader to clean it up a little bit. If you're trying to get Americans, like you're wasting your time. I got, I got one this way. Hello. This is the government. We have noticed that you have scammed with your social security number. You got this call? Please, yes. Uh. Please call, and then they give me the number, and we will turn. We will not turn off your social security number. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Turn off my social security number? Like, if you, and I know what. If I call, I'm going to get like J- Jonathan from New York. <laughs> like, okay, hello, hey Jonathan from New York. Where are you? I'm in the state of Las Vegas. Oh, the state of Las Vegas. Very, very nice place. Okay. We arrest you now. You know, like, like, why don't you just hire a fucking, like, English speaker to do that? You could have, there's plenty of, like, really shady people here. Just go to Vegas and, like, get a guy, like, off the street. Instead of Delray like, Beach. Look, yeah. Like, look, I know you're addicted to heroin. I'll, I'll feed your habit if you just come and, like, do, like, a couple IRS scam shit for me every, yeah. you know, like, three times a day. Just, like, make these phone calls. There's people doing that already. You know, essentially, like, tapping into those type of English speakers. I don't think there's that many that available. It can't be. Like, Have you seen the videos where people scam the scammers from mm. India? Oh, I got a good one. I got a good one. some Eric, of my favorites. Oh, Eric has one that will blow your mind. I have really? it on my phone. I'll play oh, it for you after that. the show. You pay me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got to see some. There's a community of people that will write down numbers uh, of scammers. And like they'll just track them in like a big database. They don't I, use a blockchain. I, by the I way. love the guy who had he had an automated system that like DDoS them and called them back. Oh, like, I like that. Every every time like these Indian ones, and then you could hear them in the office like panicking, and then you could hear the other phones lighting up. Oh, great! And they're oh, like, that's great. Yeah. Oh, and then he you would stop, send them a message. You stop this now. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. Seen, I've, I've seen that those, one. That's those good. are my favorite because those are great. There's there's know? one I like where so they there's a couple of these guys. They'll they'll they have a file that has a virus in it. And they'll, it's called like, they'll call it like, you know, bank account numbers or something like that. So they'll call into these Indian tech support lines and these Indian tech support lines will help oh, them. Oh, they'll let them get on the remote. And, and remote. They'll, yeah, they'll be like, oh, yeah. can we do remote view? And like, yeah, yeah, we can do remote view. I just can't figure out how this works. And they'll like start perusing the thing and they'll find it. They'll <laughs> grab the file. They'll open it. And then uh, once, like the guy will have like a separate computer where he's watching the file and he's like, um, oh, I noticed that you, you found my bank account file. Uh, and that you opened it. Congratulations. Um, what's happening on your computer right now? And they're like, my computer is shutting down. What's going on? What's going on? He's like, what's happening? What about your neighbor's computer? 
It's shutting down. Oh, you're in a network that's like all your computers are attached. Oh, your whole network's going down. These these videos are amazing. They're wonderful. Yeah. I've, I've like watched them for hours. They'll like just sit there like, yeah, I'm having you know computer trouble. You know, like oh, oh, what's that file? You're like, oh, well, you know what's that? And they open it up and bam, their whole like their whole place is gone. But you know, they're they're these small like phone rooms. They're like four to ten people big. They're not big at all. I love that shit. It's I gotta watch more of those videos. I've seen some, but I need to. I, 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 I want to go. Some of them are really dumb. They're yeah. just like, why are you? Why do you scam? Why are you so mean? But some of them are like, hey, I just motherfucked your whole network. Let's uh, let's watch this explode. And like, you know, someone will be like, why are you doing this to us? What? Why are you doing this to us? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyhow, hmm. anything else interesting? Anything happened? No, is that it? It's a short show this week. Yep. Yeah. It's better that way. Sometimes it's better. Yeah. Hey, everybody. This is John. Says, checking up the juice of the South. The masses then go in peace. And Catherine, pray for us. I'm not telling you where you can find us this week because, you know, go fuck yourself. <laughs>